welcome to episode 74 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how you doing tonight i'm doing all right just finished watching a wrestling pay-per-view didn't go to magic because of it set up an appointment to get my brakes fixed tomorrow real world stuff Pretty yeah great for being an adult yeah i'm just happy we're back to recording at night because now i get to um uh I get to have them uh, alcohol instead of coffee. I mean, you could just make the coffee Irish, and then you're fine. I want to sleep, though, too. Oh, I, I know. I'm saying in the morning. Oh, I could. But <laughs> there's a term for that. Um, what is it? Alcoholic. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's not... You wouldn't be doing it out of a need for it you need for it to help you function you would be doing it out of a desire to continue with the trend of drinking alcohol while recording a podcast i'm just gonna stay with my stance on this one but (laughs) (laughs) so you didn't go to magic tonight though i did not unfortunately the pay-per-view started at six and magic starts at six so i didn't get to play magic that's sad you got to play FNM though this week, right? You didn't get crushed by work for that. I did, uh, due to covering another guy's route and someone else covering mine. It means that I get done with work at like three o'clock, which means I'm able to make it to FNM. Which means I get to play at FNM, and it's super exciting because I don't get to do that often anymore. <laughs> at least while something's going on. Yeah. And. Uh, I decided to play a new deck because uh, much love to Scott for being awesome, but that blue-red Nexus of Fate deck was shit. <laughs> and I wasn't going to subject myself to that anymore. So in- Sorry. <laughs> instead I built Esper Control. Oh, oh love it. <laughs> I got smoked so, by Esper Control last night. I got- what about the... What? I said I got smoked by Esper Control last night on Arena. Yeah, like, there's a lot of debate over, like, the correct ways to actually play Control. Like, how do you build Esper? Because Esper gives you so many good cards, right? And, like, you basically have to choose, are you splashing black or are you splashing white? And this is like going back in time. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just thinking about early Arena days, but... I know, like, it's we were literally on the forefront of Standard. With with only like block constructed and it's great. <laughs> but uh a lot of people they wanna like splash black for like the scarab god and other such like sideboard cards and shit. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of of the opinion that that's wrong. Because yep. like the scarab god is just not that good anymore. Like he it's has nice. been outclassed. Which is funny. I mean that card is so broken that it should have been banned is what everyone on Reddit said, but I mean, the Scarab God is still insane, but the format has good. moved beyond him. Yeah. So, and, like, I'm not a... Like, some of the wreckage is insanely powerful and yada, 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 but I I decided that I wanted to play basically black-blue splash-white because I want to play a full four uh, Vraska's Contempt, and if you're playing Settle the Wreckage, it's really hard to cast Vraska's Contempt and vice versa. Yeah. Because double white and double black both on turn four after double blue on turn three yeah it's possible don't get me wrong we built some pretty crazy mana bases but <laughs> I mean, it's risky i had some gr- i had some greedy shit happening in them in the <laughs> esper block deck but like so yeah. i just wanted to play a full four rascals contempt so i was basically splashing white for uh one forsake the worldly in the main and mm-hmm. three to fairy let me tell you, Teferi is an unreasonable magic card. That card is really good. Like, I don't think I lost a game where I was able to cast it on turn 5. That sounds accurate. <laughs> that, like, the card advantage plus the tick up to be able to hold open Essence Scatter or, like, the one of Negate or anything like that. Like, the untap effect is just insane. Only once did I have, like, the nut going, where I was both ticking up Teferi, activating Ascanta, untapping my Ascanta with Teferi's ability, and then activating Ascanta in my opponent's end step. Oh my god. I stopped Uh. doing it, not because I didn't want to keep doing it, but because 
I kept having to discard three cards a turn. Oh, John, stop talking dirty to me. <laughs> like, I'm, like, actively discarding, like, syncopates and disallows and, like, all my removal. My hand is nothing but Essence Scatter and Frasca's Contempt against the creature stack. And I'm just like, I'm just gonna... I'm just going to kill you now. I hope that's all right with you. <laughs> I'm going to ultimate my Teferi, exile all your permanents, and it beats you to death with a 5-6. Yeah, buddy. But... Yeah, last night was my first ever time ever playing Teferi. And I lost a single game. Jeez. That one game was the first game I played all night. Mm -hmm. My opponent went turn one Landmore Elf. Oh, okay into turn two sparring construct what <laughs> into turn three another sparring construct what to turn four slither blade what <laughs> what <laughs> what <laughs> oh he also cast a millstone at one point but i was able to forsake the worldly it are you sure <laughs> are you sure you were playing in standard against that opponent and not draft yes <laughs> I am 100% certain this guy shreked me game one because I saw no removal at it. Like, I just uh -huh. drew literally no removal. And he was main decking Broken Bonds. And, like, I'm, like, turn two as Kanta. He's just, like, Broken Bonds, you're as Kanta. Put a land into play. Cast my cast my sparring construct. I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to lose this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, my perception of reality has been shattered, but... And well, I mean, games three or two and three, I ultimated to fairy and exiled all of his permanents. So <laughs> I kind of got revenge, but like, yeah, sparring construct. I lost that in standard. That felt that was pretty exciting. I was gonna say that has to feel not great. Well, the thing is, like, it was him and two of his friends who were playing in their first ever magic tournament. Is uh, what they said. Yes. One of his other friend who was sitting at table two next to me, uh, he was playing green black constrictor. Oh, okay. But instead of playing constrictor cards, he was playing fabrication module and animation module and whatever the other module is. Okay. And he was main decking torment of scarabs. Okay. And he almost beat Gri uh, Grixis midrange with it, which was kind of funny. That is kind of funny. <laughs> and then, like, uh, some the friends are, like, playing a quick game in between uh, rounds, because one guy's playing Turbo Fog and taking forever. Okay, yeah. Turbo and, Fog. Uh, so, like, I, like, look over, and the guy's playing his same standard deck, the one that uh, he took game one against me in. Yep. And his opponents, this is his board, this is his mana base. Urza's Mine, Urza's Tower, Urza's Power Plant times two. <laughs> can you can you name... I want you to try and name literally any card on his battlefield. I could name probably a hundred cards that I could cast with that. And not even the really good ones. Like, I know. There's like a hundred cards you could cast with that that are super, super good. I'm yep. guessing I'm going to whiff on all of them. Yes. <laughs> so, so <laughs> he had a Gilded Lotus in play. Okay, I mean, uh, okay. Three Signal Pest. <laughs> what? One Giora's Familiar. And a Colossus of Akros. <laughs> oh my god. I have no idea what that deck is doing, but I want to be doing it. <laughs> like, I miss playing casually because i can i used to be able to build decks like that and they were sweet <laughs> the, oh, guy, the guy was playing mono artifacts with oh, the tron lands in play love it and he's just playing the like ferris tron the ferris stuff ever basically i mean if you call an 18 mana 2020 trample with three one mana zero ones with battle cry that can't be blocked except for by creatures with flying or reach and play fair. That is pretty fair compared to the stuff Tron does in modern. <laughs> fair. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really hope that like those guys didn't get uh, disenfranchised with magic as a result of their first FNM experience. 
I mean, it's usually Magic the Shrekening, as you say, so... Yeah, like, I like apparently they're from Virginia, and, like, they all work at, like, the KFC up there together and all that, so, like, mm-hmm. maybe Robert can get in with them and get them to keep coming down and stuff, so... Yeah, good times, though. Yeah, sweet. FNM's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so, um... Our main topic today is going to be basically just more of this. Um, <laughs> so we um, uh, a while back, we did a small topic grab bag where we just kind of grabbed a bunch of things that we couldn't do an entire episode about, but we kind of wanted to talk about. Um, we're going to do the same thing today. So welcome to small topic grab bag to electric boogaloo or whatever. So <laughs> I was really curious if you were going to give it the subtitle or not. Oh, you, you know I am. All right. So... John, why don't you um, uh, fire up the blades for us? All right. We are going to talk about the probably second most controversial thing on Magic Twitter over the past week. Okay. Probably the, probably the second most controversial thing on, actually, third most controversial thing on our list, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> our list is semi controversial. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Nexus of Fate. Okay. So, I'm sure there's no controversy involved in this at all, for any reason. So, I am on record as saying that if Nexus of Fate becomes a big component in Standard, that I fear they would have to ban it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that was literally brought up in a previous episode. I think it was. You can go back and listen and tell us how right or wrong we were. Yep. And suddenly Nexus of Fate was like the breakout deck of the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turbo Fog, as it were. There were accusations of the deck being very, very similar to Eggs and the fact that it's boring to watch and they can take forever to go off and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to disprove that statement, actually, from the get-go. Okay. This deck is nothing like Eggs because Eggs could go to turns... And mm-hmm. take a 30-minute turn three. <laughs> Nexus of Fate cannot do that. Yeah. They just take all five extra turns. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you scrap it. Yeah. And, and then, like, if they can't win in that amount of time, nothing happens. And, like, a good, a good player of this deck can go through the motions quickly. Mm-hmm. The problem is when bad people pick up the deck. Isn't that always the problem? That is always the problem with everything ever. The difference is eggs, because eggs... Eggs, it didn't matter how quickly you can go through the motions, because the deck itself was just inconsistent. Yeah. Like, that was the problem with eggs. Once you get going with Turbo Fog, it's not inconsistent. Everything about the deck is designed to reduce the or increase the consistency, reduce the variance. Mm-hmm. But... There have been people calling now, compl- like they're complaining about the buy a box program, and they're complaining about the deck or the card. And they're saying the card should be banned in standard, or just say that you know, they, rather than banning it in standard, they should just say that the card is not legal in standard because it having never been technically printed in a standard legal set, only being a promo, yada 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 bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't pers- I so here's here's where I'm on it, and. You could say I'm biased because I have four Nexus of Fate. But honestly, at this point, Nexus of Fates are sunk cost to me, and I don't give a shit about them. Yeah. Like, people who are basically just, like, parroting the online stand stand of they should just ban the card and they should have never printed it in the first place are wrong. I don't think... Turbo Fog is powerful enough to warrant a banning. There are already cards that exist in Standard that completely hose Fogs. It's called Insult to Injury. Yep. The deck itself is weak to cards like Duress and Doomfall and just a fast enough clock where they can't set up. Because, like, the thing is, it's not a turbo turns deck, it's a turbo Teferi deck. The goal of the deck is to cast a Teferi on turn 4, and then use the Nexus of Fate to basically ultimate the Teferi, exile all your opponent's stuff, and eventually win. Yeah. Like, 
that is its primary win con. People are terrible and don't understand that's its primary win con, which is why the guy was taking so much goddamn time to win last night because all he kept doing was like eventually sticking a Nissa and ultimating Nissa two turns in a row instead of just ultimating his goddamn Teferi, exiling all of its opponent's permanents. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, people concede to the Teferi emblem. Oh, yeah. I Like, on Arena, I have never seen a Teferi emblem resolve. Yeah. Like, like yeah. not that I haven't had it to the point where it has, you know, my opponent could ultimate against me. It's just at that point, yeah, we're done here. You got yeah, it. you're losing. Job. You can't beat an uncounterable free Vindicate every turn. No. No, it's just like... like you got it. Cool. We're set. Like, maybe if you have exactly the nut, you can win the next turn, sure. But if you have exactly the nut, why the hell did their Teferi ultimate? Yeah, basically, like, there's there's not a lot of situations where you're like... I mean, unless, like, I have some deck that's just like, okay, you, you did it, I can combo off this next turn, you die. Like, yeah. but, you know, we're not doing that too much in standard unless it's that this dude's spicy omniscience brew I saw in in a uh, arena but yeah. everyone has their omniscience ruse man planar, planar bridge from <laughs> i don't even remember what the hell play, was being talked about emblems. but there was man he draw was your entire, yeah draw your entire deck <laughs> with bells and locker but it was ridiculous <laughs> and man he was brewing up an omniscience brew last night in the mcdonald's parking lot then involved planar bridge to get your omniscience to cast yep. all your stuff yada 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 it's like God damn it, Manny! The, yeah, the deck <laughs> the deck I saw was um, uh, it was Planar Bridge. So you play Gideon, make his emblem, Planar Bridge, Omniscience, um, cast Bells and Lock. All your cards in your deck are four mana plus. Draw your entire deck. Well, not if you're playing Gideon. Oh, except maybe except for Gideon. But basically, everything you hit is like the, the dude drew his entire deck. Yeah. Um. So you pro- I, I mean, you have Planar Bridge. You can get whatever you want. Um. Drew his entire deck, played a bunch of the, like, he had, like, dual casts and, like, uh, panharmonicons, uh, played a lean and more there and copied it, like, 156 times. <laughs> Seems excessive. I mean, I think the I think the first Reddit comment on it was most accurate. Wow, I've never watched a video of somebody masturbating before. <laughs> <laughs> that person's probably lying. But I understand I mean, yeah. this. Thing. Yeah, but can, can I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. I just wanna just because you mentioned you said that exact statement. That's yep. become like my go-to insult for people who are taking too long with what they're doing in a game of magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at least I have the decency to masturbate in private. <laughs> I'm a yeah. terrible person. Uh, Sorry. So, so there's this card called Nexus of Fate and Van yes. Turbo Fog. So. I'm just going to ask a question. Do you remember that card that everybody was calling about for a band called the Scarab God that now people really can't play in standard? I do. Because metas adapt? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my opinion, but... <laughs> yeah. Like, Nexus of Fate is an inherently powerful card. Yeah, don't I don't think we disagree wrong. on that. Like, but the reason why that deck is broken is because of Teferi. Yeah. Because you're like he is car- he is card advantage. He combos really well with Nexus of Fate itself, mm-hmm. and like it's a turbo Teferi deck. As I said, Nexus yeah. of Fate just enables Teferi to be even more broken, which like, is just what we needed, right? <laughs> yeah, like everything about the deck is abusing Teferi. Like in response to his untap trigger, you tap your two lands that have Gift of Paradise on them and untap them to cast a Nexus of Fate. Like, uh. Yeah. That's four mana right there. That's half the cost of the spell. Like, Teferi is why that deck is powerful. Yeah. Like, and, like, I still I still do believe that, like, there is a situation where, like, Nexus of Fate just becomes, like, you know, a problem. I don't think it's going to be because of Turbo Fog. No. I think something else will happen. I think you have to have, like, people are going to figure this deck out and just be like, okay. Like, yeah. We've got it figured out. You die, you know, and I I think things will shake out. They don't like calling for a ban is premature, and as we know, all Magic players do many things prematurely. <laughs> so, like, I think it's just I don't know. It standard will shake out with it. 
yeah, I don't I don't like, think it's a problem yet, if anything. No, I mean like it was a really, really good deck for the Pro Tour. Yeah. Because it had a good red black matchup and red black was not prepared for fogs. Yep. That is no longer true. Yeah, now the that they're is, ready, it's just fine. Like Yeah, the deck is a known quantity and red black can very, very easily play insult to injury. Yeah. And then taste the rest. <laughs> yeah. So, is that all you wanted to talk about with Nexus of Fate, or did you want to talk about anything else with that? That's pretty much everything. Like okay. I just like a nice little rehash to Nexus of Fate and where where I stand on my whether I think it should be banned yet or not. Okay. I'm currently the no can. I just didn't know if you wanted to get into the bio box piece or whatever, but I honestly just don't care. I oh, I actually do kind of want to cover that because that's another thing people are complaining about. All right, go for it. The BioBox program succeeded in what it was supposed to do. Very much so. It got players to buy boxes from game stores. Yep. Like did that quite it, well. It did that insanely well. And, like, there were people who literally, like myself included, went to a store and bought a box just to get a Nexus of 8 because they wanted to build this deck. Yeah. Like, that is not a problem. Like, I think the biggest issue with with the Nexus of Fate is if a store is scummy, they That's can... That's a problem there, yeah. Yeah, like, they can... Because the card is not itself inside of a box. A store could just... um, All the store would have to do is just say that they're out of Nexus of Fate and then, like, sell them on eBay or some shit. Yeah, which I'm sure but some stores have done because... I'm sure some scummy. stores have done, but there are, there are such huge repercussions for that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Losing like, your WPN seems like it'd be bad. It is a death knell for most stores. So. Yeah. So, like, that is a huge, huge deal. And, like, I doubt pe- a lot of stores are willing to take that risk unless they're already in, like, massive financial straits. I mean, people make bad decisions all the yeah. time, so. Yeah, but because the thing is, like. bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Putting the promo directly inside the box wouldn't fix that, though, contrary to people's belief. No. Also, there's logistical issues with that from what they said because they don't differentiate the boxes that go to or they like production wise, they can't differentiate the boxes that go to stores versus boxes that go to wherever else. Yeah, exactly. And and that get opened or whatever for packs and stuff like that. So like, you know, and then the, so the cost of adding that on top and stuff like that is just not worth it. Exactly. It's just like one of those, like whatever things, but like, (laughs) yeah, like I, I firmly believe that the buy a box promo system do, is doing what it's supposed to. I just think they overstepped a little too far with the power level of Nexus of Fate. I think they I, just didn't hit. Yeah, they didn't hit it right for sure. Which yeah, like, seems to be a theme. Kind of. Like, it's a seven mana time walk. Like, there's no way that's good enough in standard. Yeah. Like that's probably what they thought, and they were right. Like they even like they probably gave it the shuffle effect so you couldn't flash it back with Gear Hulk. Yeah. And like. Sure, like, you know, mistakes happen, whatever. Like, I do think that continuing, if they are more careful about what they print and find, like, a nice happy medium between Firesong and Sunspeaker and Nexus of Fate, mm-hmm. I think it will actually be a very good program to continue forward because it just gives people a reason to mm-hmm. support their LGS. And I think that's super important. Yeah. And uh, one of the statistics that I'm... Uh... I saw, I, I don't know if it was, I think Rosewater relayed it from somebody in the company, actually. Like, I I think there was another source with it, but I'm, uh, they said is that uh, there are, so, like, people are complaining that, about the small amount of Nexus of Fates, uh, but what he said is is that there are more Nexus of Fates printed than any any single Mythic in the set. Yeah. So it's actually more common than a Mythic. Yeah, which is like, yes, the availability to players is not that high. Mm-hmm. But that just means that they're out there, and if players want to get them, they can. Mm-hmm. They might not like what they have to do, but a lot of places already sell their boxes for under MSRP. Yeah. So, like, if you're getting a $40 card for $120, you just need to make $80 out of that box. Mm-hmm. Like, which, an which $80. It's not the easiest thing ever in some of these boxes, but. No, but still, like, an $80 booster box is pretty damn good. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, like, I'm weird when it comes to, like, you know, how much money I'm willing to spend on magic cards. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's really hard to turn down an $80 boost box of magic cards. Just saying. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, funny enough, this kind of rolls into the next topic you wanted to talk about. Because I'm a professional is this podcaster. Is this number one or is this number two? I think this is number one. This is number one. All right. Because <laughs> number two doesn't impact as many people. Yep. All right. So... Our number one most controversial topic on this podcast episode is going to be the cost of magic cards. John, magic yes. cards can be expensive. They can be. They can be insanely expensive. Yep. I.e. Underground Seas an $800 magic card. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, people are priced out of playing Legacy. Which, Some people... which sucks, but you know. Some people are even priced out of playing modern. Yeah. It was this huge, huge, huge uproar when it, there was the faster rotation on standard that it was pricing people out of playing standard and standard is the premier format. You should, it should be available to people. The cost of cards is too high and yada, 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 yada. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about Magic the Gathering, the trading card game created by Wizards of the Coast, a subsidiary of Hasbro. It is a luxury hobby in every single aspect of that statement. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, no, it is, it is not food or water. It is not housing. It is no, in no way, shape, or form required to live. It is, like, as, like, Patrick uh, Sullivan has been championing this cause for a long, long time, because he's just sick of people bringing up the cost of magic cards. Mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering is akin to golf. <laughs> you drop uh, a shit ton of money just to waste time. Yeah. Like, it is a hobby. You're not supposed to be able to make a return off your hobby. And hobbies are expensive. You know? As stated before, the $800 airsoft gun in my closet is a testament to this. <laughs> yep. Like, it's just part of having a hobby that you put money into said hobby. Some hobbies are more expensive than others. Mm -hmm. You know, as said, golf is really freaking expensive. You can easily drop multiple thousands of dollars a year on it. Yeah. You know? Magic is really freaking expensive. You can easily drop multiple thousands of dollars a year on it. Or more. <laughs> uh. Like, it's just... It is not... The whole argument of, like, you know, the price point for something is too high is just not a valid argument. And, like, I do think that Magic cards are too expensive. Not for my own personal use, but because, like, the formats that I enjoy playing other people are priced out of and i wish yes. my formats could grow like like my opinion is is that like i would love for more people to play legacy i would mm -hmm. absolutely love to play legacy against people like that was that's just my favorite thing ever but the thing i always take issue with is that is the thought that people are owed the ability to play magic and yes. that is just false like you are not entitled to this in any way yeah, you are not entitled to play any formats, not even standard. Yeah, like like nothing. You are not entitled to anything. Like, should they should they reduce the cost of cards? Probably. I mean, I, I like cheaper things. Like, I'd be honestly, I'd be okay if my cards were worth less too, and I got to play more legacy against people. But mm -hmm. it's like, I don't think there's any entitlement to that though. Like, it's you know, it is what it is, and part of the whole thing that I always go absolutely batshit about with people is that if it is that important to you, you can make it happen. Yes. Like that is just, that, that is just a fact. Like, and uh, that's probably the uh, controversial statement on here too. But um, like if, if something is important enough to you, like barring the most extenuating of circumstances, and I'm going pretty far here, like you could make it happen if you wanted to. The thing is, is that you, is that you don't want to put the resources into it, whether that's yeah, like, time and money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? That's fine. But don't bitch that you can't have it. Exactly. Like, I know that if I wanted to, I could own underground seas. Yeah. But I'd rather fill out other parts of my collection. And I don't <laughs> I'm really bad and terrible at saving 
to where like it's I'm here's the thing. I grew up poor. I'm a big fan of instant gratification. <laughs> and I know that's a problem for me, but that's basically why I don't own underground seas because I could save up for two months and buy a, you know an underground sea or two. Or I could drop two hundred dollars on random booster packs and feel good. Yeah, yep. <laughs> like I, you know, I I got lucky and got two underground seeds for free. Um, I mean, I saved up and bought one at three hundo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not eight hundred like it is now, but that was but not easy money that. to get. Like I, oh. I I had to like make choices to do this and like sell other things and like put a bunch of money and you know do this thing it, it sounds it kind of sounds silly but it's like i you know sold a bunch of shit on ebay and everything like that and sold old cards and stuff like that you know and everything like this and i bought it like i went in I, you know i went into our game store and it was like i want that underground sea and they're like it's this much money i'm like boom there it is let's do this and like you can do it if you want to yeah you know, and i mean it's yeah you did have to make sacrifices to do that too. Like oh, that's yeah. money you could have put into like buying stuff for modern yeah, or going to more pre-releases or doing other, or, like, cause like as stupid as this sounds, I get an allowance. Yeah. And it is not a lot of money. I get $25 a month to, to as just blow money to spend on whatever I want. So that's like any computer games I want to buy, any magic cards I want to buy, any events I want to go to. Like, sometimes I can, I can finagle a pre-release and stuff like that. Like if, if our budget allows it and stuff like that, like, like we're like, we are really good with money as part of the thing. Like my, uh, okay. My wife is really, really good with money <laughs> and I'm pretty good with money. And so like, we're really, really, you know, conscious of these things because we're trying, we have like other things we have to worry about, like a house and, you know, loans we're paying off. And like this child that is running around my house, I have to like feed and clothe and stuff. Like, <laughs> so like, you know, so I get like, you know, that $25 that I got, like supplemented with the like junk I sold on eBay and stuff like that. Like, it's not like I just was like, uh, I'm just going to cut myself a check from like, you know, all the money I make and stuff like that. It's like, I literally had to do this as a kid. Like, I'm pretty sure there's kids, like 12 year olds that make more allowance than I do. <laughs> I guarantee. You. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I managed to do this, like, yeah. you know, and it's it's one of those things that's like I don't know. I, I'm not gonna go off on this. People already had to listen to this. I'm it's just not an excuse. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I mean in, in the end, would I like to see the cost of cards go down? Yeah. Like my underground seas are worth eight hundred bucks. If tomorrow were they were worth twenty bucks and everybody could play like see, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. Like, and I like, did drop three hundred bucks on one of them. Like and that's yeah, sunk cost, whatever. I don't care. I just want to play some legacy against people. I'd go out and buy another underground sea. That's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah, like here's the thing. Magic is magic is also not an investment for you. That's not what you care about. Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing about like if you happen to be one of those people who are literally in a point where you just in no way, shape, or form have excess money to pour into magic. Not trying to be mean, but you have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, like, you know, like put on your put on your big boy pants here. <laughs> that's why friends exist. You make friends with people, and they borrow you things. Yes. Yeah. Here's the deal: life lesson. Like, if you want to have life work out for you positively, like, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your social status is. What any anything about that? The way you get through life the best is by having people that care about you. Like mm-hmm. that is literally like the phrase. It's not what you know. It's who, you know, is a hundred percent true. And everybody thinks it's about like business and all this stuff. No, it's about life. It's about when your car breaks down, about having somebody that you can call and they're like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. You know, it's a, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the kind of stuff it's about. It's about the thing where, you know, somebody shows up at your door and is like, yeah, we can't move back into our house. And your friend's like, you can live with me, you know, like it's having people in your life. That's where you, that's how you get places. Like, and I think like, that's what people need to be focusing on. And magic is such a good tool for this because it's, it's designed to create community. Yes. And like, like the games are one V one, but you are all playing it in the, in the yeah. same room. And 
and I am not a person that's like one of those, I don't farm friends. Like if that makes sense, you know, like I don't have people in my contact list that, you know, I'm like, Oh, I, I met this person. I'm going to like be nice to them and like be their friends so that I can, you know, get this out of them sometime in the future. Like that's just scummy and is bad value in my opinion. Like you will actually like, it will not work out in your favor. Like mm -hmm. being like literally being a good person and being being there for people and helping people and just not being a dick like that's you know coming from somebody who is very 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 selfish like that is how you succeed in life like and i don't have a lot i don't have a lot of people that i like you know that I, that i consider like good friends but the ones i have are, are like the most valuable things i have like that's that's where you get your value <laughs> As the whole, you know, I distinctly recall calling you when it was 40 below zero and I had a flat tire. You felt bad like about it too. And I'm like, I got 11 you. 11 o'clock at night. I'm just like, Fletcher, save me. Yeah. But it's like, here's the, here's the deal. Like, you know, if, like, I've had you give me rides all over the place and stuff for that. And if I, you know, if I, I had a flat tire or something and I called you and you could be there, I know you would. At, like absolutely yeah. like that's the one thing is like i have friends i don't deserve like my i we, i we don't do. <laughs> like i honestly don't know what i offer in 90 percent of like my friendship interactions with people but the one thing that i absolutely have is loyalty and i would die for any of them yeah like loyalty is a big thing like i mean yeah. th like that's the black white thing too with me i think is loyalty like but yeah so so there's that magic topic that we covered so that's, yeah. so that's so that's how I'm uh, having flat tires relates to the cost of magic cards. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's segue a bit yep. into another another thing that's tied into the cost of magic cards. All right, this is another thing that is this is like the third most controversial thing that was being talked about on Twitter this week. Yeah, <laughs> and. This one is uh, counterfeit cards. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Because they're slowly becoming a quotations bigger problem. So, counterfeit cards are shit. Yeah. They're fucking terrible. They actively damage Watsy's brand. But... A lot of people, I don't think, understand the true problem with counterfeit cards. And the thing is, like, 90% of counterfeit cards made, they're for the expensive stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they're for, like, fetch lands and dual lands and, you know? Oh, yeah, people, random... people will post, like, cards, you know, cards that are slightly misprinted from, like, dual decks and stuff that are, like, a common or something like that. Nobody... Yeah, nobody is um, uh, counterfeiting divinations and, you know, shit like that. <laughs> no. And the thing, like, everyone's always, like, up in arms about this. It's like, oh, Watsy needs to get a, get a hand on these, you know, counterfeit cards and yada, yada, yada. And Watsy needs to print more cards because otherwise they're just going to, like, die because of counterfeiting cards and yada, yada, yada. This is probably the most controversial thing I will personally say on this podcast. Watsy is in no way, shape, or form affected by counterfeit cards anywhere near as much as people realize. Hmm. If at all. Hmm. The only thing Watsy is impacted by, by some douche canoe in China, and I'm not being racist, I'm only saying that because it's literally called Chinese counterfeits is where this is all coming from. That's where a lot of them are coming from. <laughs> yeah, like, the only reason why Watsy cares about those people printing underground seas is because it's damaging of their brand and their copyright. Because all of those cards, everything about them, the image, the backs, and all that, is owned by Watsy, And that damages Watsy only via that it is the secondary market who are the cause of said underground seas being eight hundred dollars and why people are you know contemplating dropping five dollars on a play set of of counterfeit cards who are going to be impacted by it because suddenly their eight hundred dollar underground seas no one is buying mm -hmm. like 
the only point Watsi becomes directly impacted by a counterfeit card being printed is when they are standard legal. I can't imagine the turnaround on that is super quick, though. No, but apparently that's like something that people are like people have been citing that as something that's been happening recently is like counterfeit chain whirlers. Really? Which is like, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing about counterfeiting cards in standard. Mm -hmm. People are innately less inclined to break laws. Because they have the innate mentality of community in their mind. It's just part of being human. Yeah. Like, okay. people don't pirate stuff because of the fact that it's, you know, it's free. They pirate it because it's hard for them to gain access to it otherwise. Yes, I've said this before. And, like, that, like Netflix is a perfect example. Like, Absolutely. Netflix and Steam. Like, I don't, like, I used to pirate games all the time. I'll, I'll just say mm -hmm. it. Like, and then Steam came around. And I'm like, this is easier than pirating games. Shit, this is easier than buying games from the store. Like, I'm going to do this. Now I have like 300 games in my Steam library that I'm never going to play. <laughs> yep. But it's like, it's that's the thing. It's like, people will always take the path of least resistance. Yep. And like, going through the channels of getting counterfeit cards is like, there's a lot of risk applied to that. Yep. And it has to be risk-reward. You know, what's the point in dropping five dollars on a chain whirler for a counterfeit chain whirler when they're easy enough to find and trade and buy locally yeah like and like until that becomes like the go-to thing for people watsi is just not that impacted by counterfeit cards it is entirely the secondary market and if the secondary market really wants to make counterfeit cards stop being a problem they need to lower their own prices the thing though is is that like the secondary market is, market is driven by this little thing called supply and demand. <laughs> exactly. So part of the part of that thing is is that you know, and this is the reason we saw a lot of the you know underground seas and crap like that spike so hard mm -hmm. is the pro tour. Yes. So <laughs> like now that that's over, I'm guessing things will level out a little bit. Although I'm really happy seeing all these articles about legacy go up on sites. Um, because it's fun to read oh God, I love things that we never get to see ever. Yeah. But like, there's, you know, the supply for those cards is X. You know, mm -hmm. there there is a certain number of them, and you know, since so that that piece is locked in. Well, now we have demand increase, so that means price is going to go up. Like, mm. there's not much you can do about that's just how you know that that's economics. Like, I don't know what we can do about that. Like, yeah, like it's, honest, it, and honestly, the 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 people that can relieve that to some degree, it is Watsi. Like they, I, they they could they could get rid of the reserve list, but they can't get rid of the reserve list. Like yeah, you know, like, like it, I'm not saying no matter, that it's a realistic solution. Yeah, no matter what happens, Watsi's hands are tied. Yeah, like they they have because, no way out of this. Yeah, like they. They reprint reserve list cards to counteract the counterfeiting people, and suddenly the secondary market is all up in arms because they were promised that they would never be reprinted, and Watson goes to court. Yeah. Uh, they don't reprint reserve list cards. Counterfeit cards keep coming into the market, and it damages the secondary market. And the secondary market people are all up in arms against Watsi because they're not doing anything to counteract counterfeiters. Yeah. So even if even if we completely disregard the concept of the reserve list, let's think yeah. about non-reserve list cards. Think about fetch lands. Yeah. If Watsi reprints the fetch lands so much that the fetch lands become five dollars, people complain about their fetch lands that they're selling no longer being worth fifty dollars. Oh yeah. Here's the problem with like we're gonna go back to the cost of cards thing. Like, um, here's the thing that people hate is is that they want to buy their cards cheap, but they want them to retain their value and gain value and be able to sell them high. Yes. Like, and that's the problem about looking at these things as, you know, so, as as an investment like that. Like, I think it's okay to look at them as a collectible, if that makes sense. But I don't think you can look at them as an investment. Like, I feel like if you invest in MTG, you're, it's like investing in Beanie Babies back in the, you know, whatever it was, 1999 or something like that. But... 
Like, I don't, I don't know if I think of it as being that extreme, but I completely I, agree. I, with I do you. think it's that extreme. Like, there, there is literally nothing different between investing in little chunks of cloth with beans in them versus pieces of cardboard with monsters on them. Like, it's, ju- mean, it's just as fragile. Yes. One does have 25 years of history of actually being worth something, but in general, I do agree that it's just, like, my magic collection is not an investment for me. Yeah. If it was worth nothing tomorrow, I wouldn't bet an eye. <laughs> Like the thing is, is that you need somebody to buy it to then, and that was the that's and that's what's happened with the whole beanie baby craze. Mm-hmm. Was it that like yeah, your stuff's worth something, but only if you have enough people to buy it and everything. Where it's like so, so suppose you have like think of baseball cards or something like that. So suppose tomorrow everybody except for like one person who collects baseball cards is like, at eh, these fucking suck. I'm gonna throw them all away. Well, then guess what? Nobody wants your shit. Now they're just yep. now they're just pieces of cardboard with people printed on them. Yep. And they're not worth anything. They have no intrinsic value. It's like you know, comic books, shit, art, like any all this stuff. It, the only reason it has value is because we're ascribing that value to it. So like, like I think I think it still is a collectible to some degree. Like you can still have that collect. Like it is still something that has value. Like. A revised underground sea is a revised underground sea. Like that's not going to change. No. Like the playability costs and stuff will change quite a bit. Like you know, it's one of those things. It's like how many how many times have they you know think about certain cards they've like reprinted and stuff like that. The alpha card, the the beta cards and alpha cards are always worth more. Well, why is that? They're the exact same card. Because they're because collectible, they're <laughs> you know. It's because they're collectible. Like that's so. That's the thing there. And like honestly, I think if if Watsi took this to, like, it was like we're gonna repeal the reserve list and like took this to court, I think that's the argument they need to make. Yeah, but that's. I'm also not a lawyer, and have no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sh- stuff. Yeah, I just I yeah. just record a podcast on the internet, so like obviously, like I'm not an expert in basically anything we've talked about. <laughs> you mean we're an expert in everything we've talked oh. about? And people should obviously consult us. I'm not an expert in anything except for being friends, because friendship is yep. magic. <laughs> <laughs> our our fees are also relatively low. People would like to consult us on yeah. things. Yeah, sweet. Just. Counter, counterfeit cards suck. Okay, cool. Yes. So here's the, uh, like I just want to throw this out too. Like, if you just like play kitchen table and shit, like with a play group, just proxy shit, man. Like the best thing like we ever did between the two of us is just proxy up vintage decks and play those. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the only time you need real cards is if you're playing in in an event. Or if you're playing at a game store, check with them first to make sure that they don't care if you slip a piece of paper in front of your card or whatever and play with that. Like, you know, uh, some game stores can get picky about proxies. So, but like, it's like, play some of these formats, you know, you don't, and you don't need to go spend money on it either. Like, you can literally play them if you have a 60 card deck that it's sleeved and a printer. (laughs) I think it used to cost me, um, ah, what was it? God, see, nine, six, seven. It used to cost me 35 cents to proxy up each of those vintage decks. Yeah, right. <laughs> see, and I can do that, it. That was... I can do it for basic. I can do it for free because I just print them off at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My proxies had color. Yeah, yours did. I'm cheap. But I know. <laughs> I'll have to steal a color printer from work, I guess. Or find, find a color printer at work. I don't take them from work. But yeah, so. Yeah. Okay, there's my little PSA. All right, what do we got next right. Next on our drama llama list? All right, now we're going to move on to... I'm pretty sure in the last Grab Bag episode, I had a rant about people being wrong about shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's called our podcast, John. Yeah, this this is another thing that like it's just been kind of like inkling with me for a while, and I'm just I decide I finally want to rant about it. Okay. 
Oh my god, he has no ratings at all. That is fascinating. Because ratings are broken. Okay. They have been for like five years. Okay, well, I was, I was looking at some other car that had ratings on it, but yeah, whatever. Most of them don't because they're bro- it's still been broken. All right, cool. Never mind. Yep. So, Ulrich of the Kralen Horde. People had been clamoring for a legendary werewolf since the first Innistrad. All they wanted to do was to build their werewolf EDH tech and yada, yada, yada. They're like, ah, why is there no legendary werewolf? This sucks. And then, like, there is no good commander to use. And they're like, Huntmaster of the Fells should have been legendary. I disagree with that. Huntmaster of the Fells should not be legendary. It is it is powerful, but it is not legendary powerful. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in Eldritch Moon, they come out with Ulrich of the Crowlin Horde. The first ever legendary creature, human werewolf. And everybody shits on it. So, Ulrich of the Crowlin Horde is a three colors red green 4 4 that when this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Ulrich of the Crowlin Horde, target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. And then he has a werewolf ability where at the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells are cast last turn, you transform him. He transforms into Ulrich Uncontested Alpha. Which, whenever this creature transforms into Ulrich Uncontested Alpha, you may have it fight target non-werewolf creature you don't control. And then it flips if two spells get yeah. cast in one turn. So here's the thing. What in the actual shit... Were these people bitching about not having legendary werewolf, expecting the legendary werewolf to do? They wanted a le- they They're, wanted a werewolf lord. Let's, this like, is the, the gore claw problem. Like that's the thing, though. There already is a werewolf lord. It's not legendary, but there's a werewolf lord. There's already a werewolf that flips and makes more wolves. It's called Huntmaster of the Fells. There's literally these werewolves that do so much things already. What the shit were they expecting Ulrich to do? Like, he comes into play and buffs one of your wolves. Plus four plus four is a huge-ass buff, and then you get in there. And then the people who bitch about the fact that the uncontested alpha fights something on flipping. Oh, why does he fight something when he's uncontested? Here's the thing. He's not fighting a werewolf. He's not fighting a werewolf you control. Or, like, he is specifically fighting something that is not werewolfy Because he is uncontested in his pack. That is, in and of itself is highly flavorful. Because none of his own shit will fight him. Because he's the uncontested alpha. Do people honestly not comprehend that aspect of the flavor? Like, god damn it, people. There is absolutely nothing wrong with Ulrich if you want to play a Werewolf EDH deck. Werewolf EDH is always going to be not very competitive. He's a not very competitive commander. Fucking deal with it. He's still cool. He's still flavorful. Shut up. People are mad that Goreclaw doesn't help tutus. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I can get you going with that one, but <laughs> we'll we'll probably save that one for another rant, but another time. But yeah, sure. There's a legendary bear that doesn't pump bears. Get fed. <laughs> yeah. Just be, just because it's a legendary bear doesn't mean it should help tutus. Because you know what? Then they wouldn't be tutus anymore. And then they wouldn't be bears. Lightning Bolt is a bear, John. What? <laughs> Sorry, you cut out. All I heard was, like, digitized screaming. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. Did, did you see the thing I sent? I don't recall. How long ago was it this? It was the bear aesthetic thing. Oh, yeah. The what makes a bear. Like our ravioli like, discussion, yes. The, yeah, the pie graph. Lightning Bolt is a bear. <laughs> But yeah, uh, <laughs> people. I don't. I don't know what people expect a lot of times and stuff like that. But people will never be happy. All rich of the Crowlin Horde is sweet. Everyone's an idiot. I don't like the card, but that's just because that's not my kind of card. Yeah, like it's a big dumb green red idiot. Yeah, that's just that, not what I want to do. It's yeah, it's that's too, not what you want to be doing. It's too straightforward. I want to be fucking around and playing with my dick for twenty turns. Like, <laughs> you know. 
also when I play ED, you're also like also when I play EDH, I'm like, what my commander? It just sits there and tells me what colors I can play, right? <laughs> yeah, you're also not like a huge werewolf fanboy, obviously. No, I'm so not. It's like, I'm, I could yeah. take him or leave him, honestly. But so yeah, Ulrich the Crawling Horde is cool. People need to stop hating on him all the time. I like him. Yep. And by like I'm by I like him. I mean I will never ever build an e- uh, werewolf EDH deck because that just sounds boring as all hell. Yeah. But people need to stop bitching about him being bad because he's cool. Yeah. He's the uncontested alpha. It's flavorful. <laughs> all right, John. You good? <laughs> Sure. All right. Do you have anything else you want to hit up here? Any any pressing <laughs> needs we need to discuss? Oh yeah, just because you brought it up, actually, what is the like flavor behind the Gore Claw making other things cheaper? Like the whole pumping attack, attacking creatures with power four or greater and giving them trample, like that makes sense to me. Because like yeah, it's just like motivating them to go murder shit. But like, why is why is the bear like? the leader amongst other big ass creatures so, like so the reason I, just, I understand it with this is because they made a card and they're like hey we can make this a legendary bear it works well enough okay <laughs> like like sorry to burst everyone's bubble but everything isn't dripping with flavor <laughs> like i just have like this totally sweet like image in my head of like game of thrones style like a bear sitting on a throne <laughs> with a bunch of big ass animals around it he's like yeah we can go Shrek some fools because that's what we do. I'm just like I'm a bear. <laughs> like, all right, Goreclaw, king in the north, got it, got it. We get to we know. Settled <laughs> Undisputed reigning champion of the north. I don't know. I think uh, Brock Lesnar could give Goreclaw a run for its money. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a, you know, super in tune with the um, uh, bears versus. W- wwe stars but you know <laughs> i mean if you were to give brock lesnar power and toughness what would you give him um the average human i think they don't like going above a 3-3 he is not an average human <laughs> <laughs> no like a co- a combat veteran 3-3 is like is our human is a 3-3 yeah so <laughs> he, he could fight a bear and win like brock, brock lesnar could could do it <laughs> I would make him a vanilla though, because as I said, he's just big and a freak and not particularly good at anything. You wouldn't give him trample? No. I'd give him trample. I wouldn't give him trample. I've seen him trample over people. I think he deserves trample. I've seen him fight in the UFC. All he does is like lay on people. <laughs> he does it really well and can choke them out with his freaking bicep, but like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Braun Strowman deserves trample. Then okay, well you don't know who that. I is, don't, but we're gonna, I'm going to let it go just because I don't. But okay, so if you um uh, want to shoot us some feedback about how you disagree, Brock Lesnar could fight a bear. You can send us an email at thelocomotive@gmail.com, <laughs> or you can let us know on Twitter your thoughts about Brock Lesnar at the Locometa PC. Um, <laughs> I've been streaming lately. You can catch me on Twitch.tv/BewareLamas. Uh, had a spicy, spicy um, uh, M19 draft where I I had a glitch round one, uh, couldn't see my hand, lost two turns and just like lost two turns because I couldn't see my hand, timed out, it just discarded my my extra card. Uh, alt that four came back and beat my opponent, <laughs> and then went seven and two. Yep. And then I had one last night where I kind of sucked, but you know you have those two, but. So it happens. they're good times. I like seeing people because um, I don't see anyone because I'm not a very good streamer. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. All right. But uh, John, you got anything else before we go? I think that's all the announcements. Nah, I'm good. I'm finding a Braun Strowman video for you to watch. All right, sweet. I'm going to watch that then. So, all right. We will catch you next time.